0: Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. ...about the fact that we're born to play and that we're born to prevail. I'm not talking about you as in me, singular. I'm talking about us. We don't often... We, as individuals, think about the fact that... i um, sorry that's me Now i'll do it again sorry 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 it's not happening here i'm a bit shaken up um so we often think about i'm born again and even that um that last song in the chorus it talked about majesty um lord of all yeah no that's not part i was thinking about there was a part of it it it's the last part and it's talking about me and i thought i want to sing that with we because so much of Christianity today uh, is, is uh, talking about the me and I think the me, the, the individualistic worldview that is prevailing in the western world uh, is taking the place of the we, the collective, the community, the church and, and the body and you get to a point where people go I love Jesus but I don't love the body. And you go, you cannot say you love Jesus and not love his body in the same way that you can say, I only need a head. Right? Yeah, sure, you can have a head, but if you don't have a body, you don't exist. You don't have a heart. You don't have lungs. You don't have all everything. You've just got this thing that's floating around somewhere. But we are born to play and born to reveal. Let me just tell you a quick story, really funny story. My, um, when my 33 year 32-year-old... Two-year-old boy Jordan was three years old. Um, Michelle would pack his lunch um, and pack all his stuff in his little bag, and she would walk him down to preschool. And one morning, she picked up his bag and was halfway down, and she's going, "Gee, this is a little bit heavy." And she she went, "Jordan, what's what's in the bag?" And he went, <laughs> and she got the bag out and she started unpacking. And what had you done? He said, "Taken some." Toys, soldiers, and a Tonka truck, and, and, and all these things, which were not—you're not meant to bring your own toys. To have got plenty of toys, that you don't bring your own because kids start fighting over them. It was illegal in this preschool to bring toys. And and Michelle says to him, "What are these?" And he goes like this, and he starts crying. And Mum, don't you know? I was born to play. <laughs> and um that 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 story sticks in my mind but you know what every christian is born to play you see i think what's happened somehow we've we've somehow disconnected the church from the great commission and the idea of being disciple and disciple makers somehow we've become christians who go to church not disciples who make disciples and the reality is is that the church exists because it was born to play its part in the kingdom of God and it's born to prevail in the name of Jesus and to bring his kingdom to earth and we are part of that and we've got to take that responsibility and that privilege seriously um we've got a picture there of a team um they're around the soccer team um Dale Stevenson from Crossway Baptists loves to use this analogy of the church that the church and a disciple-making culture is like the beautiful. The beautiful game is what people call soccer or football, and the reason it's called the beautiful game. There's a couple of things that unite, or well, three things that I think that you, that sort of are shared by almost every community in the world. One is food. You know, we love our food and we love our music. That sort of brings us together, and the other one is soccer. Now, my favourite sport is is, um, NRL and and rugby and and AFL. Soccer's probably down my fourth on the list. So for all you soccer fans, this is one for you, right? So um, Dale Stevenson talks about the fact that a disciple-making culture, a church with a disciple-making culture, is like the beautiful game. And the beautiful game is beautiful because it can be played by anyone, anywhere, anytime. Even one person can play it to a some degree with a with something and two sets of goals which could be something it's not even have to have a soccer ball you don't even have to have proper goals to play so anyone anywhere anytime we all get to play so um, I was a youth pastor and we decided to do something to make the playing field even for everybody because some people are really good at a ball. So we got a two litre Coke bottle and decided that was really hard to play with. And and so we set up two things at the end of each side and we played two litre Coke football and that became the most popular game in youth group because all the kids who were really good at ball skills weren't so good at, at Coke bottle skills. And all the, everybody felt that anyone could play this and anywhere, anytime. You see, that is what the Church of Jesus Christ is meant to be. It's not meant to be priest and laity. It's not meant to be the professionals and the, and the volunteers. It's meant to be that we are all called to play and we all get to play our part. A team is made up of seen and unseen members devoted to playing their part in their mission. Ash Barty uh, is one player. But do you know what? She has 15 people on her team, 15 people. If she does not have each one of those people playing their part, she doesn't get to play and win. Um, A soccer team or or an AFL team or any team that you have a bigger team under them. And, you know, AFL teams got, I don't know how many players they've got. Wendy, you're a Lions fan. How many do they have? They've got ridiculous numbers of players. I don't even have, like, four to play the game. 18 on the, on the ground, right? But they have a board. They have an admin and marketing team. They have coaches, trainers, medical staff. They have groundspeople, transport. They have the guys that prepare the uniforms. And they have the players themselves. And that's just to name some of them. I don't know how many people would be actually involved in one of these professional team sports to actually ensure that that team is on the field and able to play. Those players, when they win, have to acknowledge the involvement of all these players that are unseen and each one of those players play their part in what's happening. Church is not like a football club uh, crowd where you're a member of a club, you pay your fees and sometimes you go to the matches and you go yay and you wear their shirt. You're actually more like the wider team team that exists to see that those people who may be playing with the ball on the pitch now you see some might say well that doesn't feel like um, it feels like they get to play and everybody doesn't else get to play no you see when you look at a football club it if someone doesn't turn up with the uniforms you don't play if someone gets hurt and you don't have a physio you don't recover all these things seem small and insignificant but in the body of Christ we all get to play our part this is really really important so let me read to you from Acts chapter 2 and before we do that I'm just going to give you the backstory in Acts chapter 1 we read about that the 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 disciples had been told by Jesus to go back to Jerusalem there to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit so that they might become his witnesses little comment there are a few evangelists appointed by God, but there everybody is called to be a witness. What is a witness? A witness is this. A witness is someone who tells their story about how Jesus has impacted their life. Everybody gets to be that. And everybody gets to get power from the Holy Spirit to do that. A few are appointed evangelists and they get to do things like, empower encourage us in that gift of witnessing they get to instill confidence and faith and they teach us and remind us of the good news of jesus now chapter one tells us that chapter one tells us that they um, had to replace Judas so they replaced Judas with Matthew and they got together in verse 14 and they got together and they devoted themselves to prayer and we're going to read that word devoted again here they devoted themselves to pray, prayer and while they were praying another 10 days had gone by since Jesus's resurrection and then the power of the Holy Spirit falls on the church that are gathered 120 people not just the big gun 12 but how many? Ten times that amount. This is Jesus's fulfillment of what he said in Matthew 16, and I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this is Jesus saying, and I will send my spirit upon you and I will give you power to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is is doing this and then the Acts 2 the first part of Acts you see this power of the Spirit coming people begin to speak in other languages and they rush out into the streets and begin, begin to declare the praise and wonders of God now what happens is that Peter stands up in response to a question He stands up and when people are saying, what's going on here? Are you drunk? He said, no. And then he shares the good news in a powerful way that's such that 3,000 Jews decide to become followers of Jesus that day. 3,000. And then we read this. Now, you've got to remember, Luke is looking back into history. Luke is actually not, this is not like he's uh, telling you today he's going so peter has just done this 3000 people have believed and been baptized and then he says this this is a reflection this is a summary of the years of what happened in the church after that event all right and you need to, to need to look at some of the statements that luke luke makes as summary statements of what occurred over a number of years and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching this was something day after day year after year and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles this is not just on that day this is continually and all who believed were together and had all things in common And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. There's that word, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favour with all the people and the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. Sounds like a pretty good picture to me. This is a picture of a disciple making culture or what we call church. Chapter 2 tells us that the church was filled with power. They went out sharing and then these verses tell us all the results, all the things that God was doing through them because they were filled with the Spirit. And they they were born again to prevail. Prevail they were made the church to bring the kingdom there's a word there at the beginning of acts 2:42 which is the word we translators devoted and other translations use different words um, the greek word there uh not really good at from my pr- greek pronunciation so I apologize to any greek scholars present but the idea behind that it's a number of words a number of greek words Um, combined together and it's like this it's like um, the prevailing strength heart and soul towards something it's a prevailing strength that's all your heart and all your soul towards something and the best illustration I can think of and I'm I know I'm mixing my sports up here is a rugby union scrum not a rugby league scrum which is a joke and all my rugby league fans know what I'm talking about. It used to be a competition. Now it's just a joke. It's just a time for time to have a breather. Um, but a rugby union stroke, where eight massive human beings on either side come together, and the referee gets these guys, and they're down really low, and their necks are bigger than my whole waist. <laughs> and the, and they get together, and they're binding together, and the the referee says three things. He says, bind, and they go like this. And then he says, set, and they go like this. And then he says, engage. And there's this <laughs> pump together where I don't know how many combined kilos, but I would say at least 120 times eight times two. <laughs> A massive amount of mass and collision and I just don't know how they do it. I reckon they'd snap my neck even if I was the guy at the back, I'd snap my neck. This is what the church of Jesus was doing in Acts 2.42. They were, had this prevailing strength, putting all their heart and soul and the spirit of power and might that had been put in it, and they were putting that towards what God had called them to. And what, were they, what, were the, what was their opposition What were they trying to hit? Let me tell you, the Church of Jesus Christ had been put together. They were bound together. They were being called to set and then they were called to engage and they had an opposition and they were going to push that opposition off the ball and they were going to win that scrum. There are three commands that we're called to as a church. I've talked to you a couple of weeks ago that the thing that unites us is the gospel that transformed our lives, the good news. The fact that we become born again, the fact that we become children of God and we share God. Number two, that that we have one blood. Our Father, we share a Father, we share a Saviour. And number three, that we are called to this united mission. Well, this is a very similar thing and it's kind of like a play button, but there are three commands. The first command is the up command. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And Jesus said in the second is like it, it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. In John 13, Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. I want you to love one another just as I have loved you. Here's, here's a really interesting thought. I want you to think about it. I think there's a lot of Christians in our world right now who love jesus but they're not fulfilling the second man command they've gone offline they are not loving one another as jesus has loved them and they're not loving each other or their neighbor as jesus would want us to that's a serious problem for whatever reason they've got hacked off with the church They've been hurt by the church, disenchanted by the church, but they've forgotten that the church isn't just a program and a Sunday meeting and a building and this and that. It's people. It's people who Jesus died for. It's people who have been, that we share the one saviour, the one father. It's the people that we share that one blood with. It's the people that we share a mission with. And if we don't love them, how can we work with them? First command, love God. Second command, love one another and third command which is his highest priority his last command is the highest priority is that we would love his mission that we would do his mission but we wouldn't do it just individually we'd do it together as disciples we are the church we were born to play and we're born to prevail so what does it mean to bind what does it mean to set and what does it mean to engage? What does it mean to, pull, to devote ourselves together? What does it mean for us to put this strength that God has placed, not just in me, but in all of us, the we, the me and the we? Do you know what? Just imagine that you had this massive force in front of you that you had to move. Have you ever seen those videos where people... A cars flipped over or something like that and a group or actually I saw a video of a train did you did anybody see the video of the train where the train someone was stuck between the platform and the train and a whole like a hundred people lifted up this carriage and then they pulled that person out they devoted themselves to saving someone this is a picture of what Jesus can do through his church and we need to get hold of it we need to stop seeing ourselves as individual players and see ourselves as being part of God's team on the earth. And this is God's plan of salvation and redemption for the earth, that the church of Jesus Christ is a team mobilised and playing, everyone playing their part and playing to win in the prevailing side. How do you bind? Well, you just bind with a person either side of you. You get close to people. Can be a problem, right? To bind with someone, you have to be close enough. Paul talked about do not be yoked, bound with unbelievers. He was talking to people who were mixing their, mixing their devotion with people who didn't unite with the core things, the core values, the core beliefs. So I'm going to say to you, we need to be binding ourselves to one another. This is what the word fellowship is. It's a common unity. We are binding ourselves. And it's the first part of actually moving that, combining that strength and heart and soul and moving it together. The second thing is to set. Your bind is just that whole coming close to each other, but the set is getting into a position, getting ready to work together. Um, I will keep saying this if you're in a life group, And all you do is pray for one another and read the scriptures and care for one another and share. I want to say each one of those three things is really, really good and really important. But there is one thing that you can do together to extend, expand and challenge yourself as a group. And that is to engage together in sharing Jesus in some way, shape or form. Do one step towards people who do not know him outside of your group if the church does not do that we will shrink if we do not see people become christians the church is going to die out in australia we have negative church attendance growth that's not a problem as much as we have we are not replacing with new christians people who are christians what does that tell you? It tells us that the church is very engaged in looking after itself but does not work together very much to go out as a team and share Jesus with people. We have been called to bind together. We've been called to prepare ourselves. We do that when we meet together in life groups, when we spend time with one another, when we build our fellowship and our strength of our. But then what God is calling is what will you do together when I call the word engage? Because that, my friends, is what Jesus meant when he said, "And the gates of hell will not prevail against you." Yes. I will build my church. We're not called to build the church. What we are called to do, the mission. We're called to be the church, and we're called to be on mission, and we're called to be engaged. You know what? Uh, uh, while I was away last week, I bent down and I and I. Have you ever had this happen? I just bent down just been for a walk bent down and my back went ding has anybody ever had that and you feel completely like I had a really sore back yesterday my back is not hundred percent do you know what I said to myself I could just use that as a reason not to go and help my friend James at the house or I could just go there and do whatever I can I joined with my brothers and sisters from that community who were working together as the church, as a team. They were actively bound. They were set and they were engaged and they were working together in fellowship because this thing needed to be sorted out. And I just went down there and they're looking at me going, who are you? And I'm going, I'm Paul. I didn't tell. Do you come to our church? I go, no, I'm a pastor of another church. And they look at me going, whoa. They're mine, they're ours, right? We are born to play. We are born to prevail in the name of Jesus. We are the most mighty scrum on the face of the earth and we forget that. We forget how powerful God is in us. And you know what? individually we're very powerful but together we are a mighty power changing things where do you start you start by binding get together with a group of people who are prepared to devote themselves put their strength their heart and their soul towards being a community that's on mission Andrew said that and then we do it we don't talk about it We engage, we put our energy to what God, the gifts, the skills, the resources, the energy together. And you know what, I'm gonna finish there. If I'd gone into that that place yesterday by myself and tried to do what needed to be done, I probably could have been there for two months. And I just would have cried and I would have been overwhelmed and I would have just every day, I would just come out of that place covered in, in mud and just there'll be jobs that i couldn't do by myself but 50 people were able to smash out the work there Do you know what so many people need jesus how many people know people who don't know jesus you can't do it by yourself i can't do it by myself i need to work with you say these three words bind Set. engage get into a life group make yourself vulnerable with a group of people determine that we are going to devote ourselves to the things that you read in Acts chapter 2 they're the activities of the church they prayed they read the word they shared meals together they sold stuff that they, they had so they could give it to those who didn't have they suffered persecution together they shared the gospel together. They sought the Lord for power. They moved in the name of Jesus. The next chapter, chapter three, is Peter and John going to pray and they heal a blind man in the name of Jesus because they had no silver or gold. But what they had, they gave. It was two of them. It was the church enacted. Bind. Set. Engage. Stand up. I want you to put your hands out. No. I want you to put your hands on one another. You are now binding just by the simple act of touching somebody else. You are saying, I am allowing someone into my space. I should have blessed that person. Just tell them, if you don't know their name, find it out so you can bless them by name. (laughs) Just begin to bless them right now. Bless them with whatever comes to your mind. Bless them with power. Bless them with strength. Bless them with the, the God's heart for his church. Bless them with all the things that you can think of. Thank God for them. Oh, Jesus, come Holy Spirit. To those who are on Zoom, we just pray, Lord, you come upon them right now with your power. Lord, we ask that, Lord, you would bind us together. Lord, that you would make us one as you are one, that we would have the one heart and soul, that we would be steadfast, continually devoted towards your purpose, your call, your heart. Lord Jesus, we pray you come upon us with power. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless us with a courageous spirit, Lord, with boldness. Lord, we just ask, Father, for your spirit to bring about a fresh anointing of unity among us, a fresh working together, Lord, that we would be a power in the earth, empowered by you. Lord Jesus, we just commit ourselves to, to, to binding together. Lord, being set, Lord, gathered together, being the body of Christ together, looking after others, loving one another, serving one another, and Lord, then working together to share the good news with those who don't know. Lord Jesus, you are so good to have saved us, but you didn't save us just to get us into heaven. You saved us to bring us into your family and to commission us into the world, Lord. We just thank you for your commissioning. And Lord, we just take on that commission again. We remember you have commanded us to go into all the nations and to make disciples, Lord Jesus. Lord, we were born again for such a time as this and for such a mission as this, Lord. We were born again for glory for glory upon glory and to show your glory to the nations, to the peoples of this earth, that they would rise up and declare the salvation and how, the praises of your name, Lord Jesus, that they would rejoice in the salvation they heard from others, that they did not know, people who came from places that they did not know to share something that they did not understand or did not hear, or have a, any inkling of, Lord Jesus, that's us lord i pray for a greater sense of church lord a greater sense of what it means to work together lord jesus lord a greater sense of what it means to be the we and not just me lord jesus oh lord we pray for you your anointing on us your people lord we pray for the other parts of your heart not here We pray, Lord, that the same anointing, Lord, that you want to pour out on all flesh, Lord Jesus, will come upon each part of new heart on the people that come here but are not here. We pray your spirit will fall upon them like when Moses was asked to bring the elders and the elders came and your spirit was taken from Moses and put upon them and there was the two guys outside the camp and they got it too. We pray, Lord Jesus, those who are not here today would receive an anointing of power, Lord, and we would receive an anointing of power that we would be prophetic, announcing agents of the kingdom of God in this earth, Lord Jesus. Oh God. Now just just pray now and ask Holy Spirit to come and fill the person that you're you've you're got your hand on now. And just say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. Fill them, Lord. Fill them so they can be poured out. Fill them to overflowing, Lord. They'll be poured out.